there is some threat or or something on your chair, uh, right behind yeah, your head. Yeah, it's the and, it's and, the speaker or the speaker. The cushion. Yeah, the thing is that when when your side when you were gone and your, your chair was sideways, it looked like there was a hole in your chair and there's a spider trying to come out. So it was the legs <laughs> because I think you have a fan or, or there's some wind or something that makes them yeah. move. Yeah, so it looked like there was a spider. It was spider legs coming out of your chair. <laughs> Like, no wonder this guy does a horror podcast. He's living in it. <laughs> he's living He's living the dream. No, I mean, he's living the nightmare. Living the nightmare. Oh, that should have been the title of the podcast. <laughs> Where were you when I needed you? You didn't ask me. <laughs> I think I'm ready whenever you are. Well, I'm already recording, so I'm ready as well. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two Nerds, Maybe More. My name is Michael, and with me, as always, is Marty. Marty, how are you doing this morning? I am doing great this evening. Uh, it's uh, oh, yes. it's time zones. It's difficult. It's difficult. I usually to, say to, today, to... but we took last week off, and I forgot how to do things. So, <laughs> yeah, about that, I'm I'm very sorry. I should probably someone needs to to do make some laws about me sleeping on a Saturday. Yeah, I mean napping on a, napping on your day off. How dare you? <laughs> exactly what the you hell? monster! And then missing a podcast, a good podcast recording session. Now, did you have enough time to catch up on some stuff? Like, make sure that you had some stuff to talk about today, or did you just slack off and not do anything? What? Were I supposed to do anything? I just showed up here, Michael. You know me. So I- the usual, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's been a weekend. This is about the second week, I guess, since we last talked to everybody. Mm. And I've been up to actually quite a few things that I didn't even put on the list. Uh, But one thing that I do want to touch on real quick before we actually jump into what's on our list is I finished Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 1 with my fiance Selena. And it is a must-watch from me. Uh, If you like that style of horror comedy over the top, then the entire season is great. I hmm. don't think there was an episode where I was like, eh, I could have done without that one. It was good all the way through. Yeah. What, when I was uh, looking at the, the show notes today and had it, had to add stuff in that I've been doing and watching the last week, I was like, or oh, oh, actually two weeks, I was like, oh, it's such a, it's such a lot. Two weeks is such a long time. What, what mm-hmm. did I actually, what did I actually watch? And I was, yeah, I, I really, really had to dig in there and, and but I, I remembered, I remembered. I'm not that old. <laughs> so I, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Cool. I actually had the opposite effect where I was struggling to limit the list <laughs> because I didn't want the whole episode to just be all the different things that I've been up to because two weeks and I've actually been making a concerted effort to do things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess I'll start off with I started watching something on Crunchyroll, which is the anime service. It's like the Netflix for anime mm. stuff. And yep. it's kind of the go to place for all things anime. And I was just trying to figure out something to watch one day, and I came across um, Digimon. Hmm. Now, my at first glance, I thought it was just old Digimon, because I used to really like Digimon back in the day, but never admitted it. Because back in the day, you were in one of two camps. You were in Digimon camp or the Pokemon camp. And the hmm. Pokemon camp was so much larger that if you liked Digimon, something was wrong with you. 
that was a <laughs> B-rated Pokemon, even though there were there was a lot of people that liked Digimon. So I kind of kept quiet about it. And I went on Netflix, or not Netflix, sorry, Crunchyroll. And there's a new Digimon, a 2020 version. It's like huh. a reboot of the original season. And I also heard that on mobile very soon you'll get Digimon Go, right? <laughs> that I don't know about, but I probably wouldn't be allowed to download it. Um, but the new season of Digimon, I've been enjoying it. It's definitely not like an adult show, you know? It's definitely geared more towards kids and things like that. But mm. Digimon has that special place where I grew up with it. And this one is its not like American shows where when you go back and you watch an old 90s show, you're like, oh, my God, this has every stereotype ever in episode one. <laughs> Talking about you, Power Rangers. Um, <laughs> and I really enjoyed what I've watched so far. I've watched a few episodes, about four or five episodes in. And I'm looking forward to finishing up the first season of Digimon 2020. And I suggest that anybody who watch Digimon back in the day that you go ahead and give it a shot. And what if you like Pokemon? Um, I still think that it's separate. It's they're two very different things. It's just that it each one kind of has monsters that evolve, but the ideas are different, like the journeys. So mm. uh one is about somebody trying to get badges and they en- enter these bigger situations, while the other is like, hey, we're kind of already in these bigger situations. And these things are choosing us, not us choosing them. So mm. it's really cool. Okay. I, I I didn't watch anything anime though. Uh, I I watched some 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 real human TV. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have it on your American Netflix, but there is a, there is a show. Well, there's actually multiple shows called Criminal. Uh, they have a UK version, they have mm-hmm. a German version, a French version, and a Spanish version. And it's basically all the same idea. Each, each, the different countries ha- is four episodes per season. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just an interrogation room. Uh, every one of them has the exact same set, except that when you look out the window, it's a different city. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and so it, it's just basically, humans interrogation other humans it's it's, mm. it's police uh, people interrogating possible criminals uh because it's they're not always criminals sometimes they do f- figure out that they're not mm-hmm. um and it sounds really simple and it is but it's just it just somehow works um of the four languages i understand english obviously and i'm speaking english uh, or trying to at least uh, <laughs> and i understand german I don't understand French. I don't understand Spanish, but uh, they are they come with subtitles. So, out of the four of them, I actually think the one that I like the most is the the UK version. I just mm-hmm. like the characters a little bit better. I think the German one was pretty cool as well. Um, it had some because it had some uh, quite unique situation because they have such a rich history in Germany, and you know you might have heard about the World I've War. I've heard a little stuff. bit. I've heard yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the UK version just got a second season, and one of the interrogated people, uh, one of the possible criminals, is uh, Jon Snow, or at oh. least the actor who plays him. Um, so 
that one was for me really really cool episode and i really like how the episode in uh, so it's in season two kind of took a turn so it's not necessarily you know just about the crimes but it's also more about you know the type of crimes that some people commit and what impact it actually has on, on other people and things like that that's that's a little bit bigger thing to it than it just mm-hmm. being in the interrogation room and it's just you know it might sound boring that you know it's just people talking to each other in one room all the time but it it works really really well and uh, if you can see it over there in the US I would definitely recommend checking out uh, Criminal um, at least the UK version the others are cool as well it's not that they're bad it's just uh, I think yeah. maybe the UK version is probably a bit more digestible and it's the ones that I, I like the best Okay, and I checked while you were talking, and we do have it in cool. the U.S., so if you have U.S. Netflix, uh, we have all four, which hmm. is Spain, France, Germany, and the U.K., so yep. can't wait to actually give that try, because it sounds interesting. I I like psychological uh, discussions, mm. where like I assume that there's going to be some play back and forth between some of the characters yeah. in both positions because people that are guilty sometimes they have their own game to play mm-hmm. during an interrogation and I'm always interested in seeing responses and how people respond to the interrogation process. Yeah, and I would really recommend you also maybe watching the German version because there is, or at least we, at least I think it's episode one because that one is really interesting as well because it's sort of it it's sort of uh, in not not the 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 World War itself but you know what happened afterwards it, it mm-hmm. definitely has some threats to it so it, it's really cool um and and even even just you know because the focus is obviously on you know the police officers interviewing the uh, the, the possible criminals but there's actually you do get a sense of you know the chemistry between the workers the police officers as well and stuff like that so there is that little 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 uh, uh evolution going on from okay. episode to episode between though uh, between mm-hmm. them um but but it's not the the big focal point, obviously. But yeah, I don't know. It's just it's really cool. I'm, I'm really when the season two came out, I, I just sat down and watched all four episodes in one go, pretty much because they're, they're just so so cool. It's really really cool. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to lighten the mood here a bit <laughs> because I don't know what was going on with me. I was watching Digimon, and then I turned on Netflix and I started watching Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Now, this is an animated series that's on Netflix. And at first glance, it looks very much like a kid's show. Mm. And the intro bits where they're showing the kids and all that, it definitely seems that way. Because the kids act like kids. And each kid comes from like a different background. You have a like an athletic girl. You have a girl from the farm. You have a girl who's famous on like YouTube or whatever. And she's always trying to have her phone out to take pictures and record herself. That's her main focus. You have kind of this uh, douchey teen who has a lot of money, who has like just kind of issues of like, I'm rich and I'm better than all of you. So just listen to me and you'll be fine. And mm-hmm. then you have the kid who's really, really into dinosaurs to the point that it's a fault where he does things that he probably shouldn't be doing simply because he wants to see dinosaurs mm-hmm. and all of that. But behind all of that, there's the world of Jurassic World. Mm. And Jurassic World is not always kid-friendly. And the animated show actually goes into some of that, where you 
while you might not see the thing that you see in the movie where the M. Dominus Rex like actually munches on people <laughs> in the movie and you see him munching on the person and this one it'll cut away as it's going in for the bite but the no. kids acknowledge that people are dying and people are being eaten by dinosaurs no. and I do think that it's really cool that they're actually mentioning it mm. And going through this, and the kids are going through as the dinosaurs are getting loose, and there's a greater play with the scientist that's there. And this is supposed to be a time frame, I think, before Jurassic World actually opens up to the big public or something okay. along those lines. So it's like an idea, and they're the first ones to test out the camp portion of it for the kids. And I think the moral of the story is, if you ever ever have like a jurassic park or a jurassic world don't have a camp for kids science bath <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> um don't spend so much time thinking if you could and stop <laughs> thinking if you should all right but i enjoy it it's it's fun there are moments where it can be annoying because like i said it is kind of a kid show with some bigger themes there so that if a parent were to watch it with their kid they'd get something out of it too it's almost like a disney thing yeah. uh I enjoy it. Check it out. Uh, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. The episodes are short, so you're not invested super long. I have looked at it. I have looked at uh, no, I haven't seen an episode, but I've looked at it on Netflix and be like, hmm, maybe, maybe I should. And then I think you mentioned it last week as well that you were watching it. So Did I mention um, it last time? No, not on the show, but I think we talked oh, about okay, it and yeah, you yeah. mentioned it. So, yeah. All the days just blur together in my mind. and Yeah. That's how it is to be working again, isn't it, Mike? Pretty much. It's just like, <laughs> wait, do I podcast today? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. Oh, I'm then, ready I don't to go. Have, then I don't have to go to work. Yay. <laughs> That's what podcast day means. <laughs> so I've been watching something called Bowen in Danish, uh, or Borgen, you would probably say. Um, it is also on Netflix. It's a Danish television uh, series. Is that um, the Star Trek spinoff? Yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the no, Borg? No, no. Yeah. That, that's the, the Borg in... The, <laughs> yeah, in Denmark. It takes place in Denmark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, it actually means the castle, um, and it's. Um, but it's 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 the place where all the polit- uh, politicians work. It's basically where the state uh, is is uh, having all their things and where they make laws and stuff like that. It's a Danish television series about uh, you know the life as, as um, it's sort of like West Wing but in, on the Danish version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, though it is very Danish in in in, in your, you know how everything works and its portrayal and 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 just you know i think it capture uh, uh, captures the the danish society <laughs> and the danish uh, culture pretty well i don't necessarily always think that it's the best scripts like you know obviously this is not this is you know for television and it, it they have like one hour to tell a story and you know it, it they have to, to cut a lot of corners and stuff like that so obviously it is fiction and and that's that you, there's no denying it so it, it can sometimes be a little, just a, you know it's not a comedy 
but sometimes it, it's a tiny bit silly where you, you can just feel that that's the da- Danishness that just comes into the series in, in mm-hmm. that way. But I've never actually never seen it before. Um, I, I know that when when it actually aired on television, it that was a huge hype. Now everyone watched it, uh, but I, I don't have television, so I, I didn't. You know, I I, I watch stuff online, so I I, I never seen it. Um, but but now it's on Netflix, and I was like, hey, let, let's just check it out, and and actually got good caught up in it. I was like, well, this is actually pretty good, and I, and I think there's like three seasons in total, and I'm like, yeah, I want to see it. I haven't finished first season yet, but um, but but uh, I definitely think that I'll watch all. I'll just swallow everything because it's. I really really enjoy it. It's pretty cool. I don't know if you have it over there uh, either, um, but if you were to be interested in, in in where I live and and you know then it actually takes place in in the city that I live in and and you 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 know when they portray like apartments and stuff like that everything is really danish really copenhagenish so if you would be interested I, I would say check it out we do have it oh there you go <laughs> another one that has made it across the pond <laughs> oh man um, Remember the days where if one thing was in one country, like it was almost a given that it wasn't in the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's just everything is everywhere. Everything is everywhere. Yeah. No, but I mean, right. I, think, I, th- I think it is cool because it is. I mean, this is probably on the world scene. This is probably not a not a, a big story or anything that's being told, but it's still a, a good, well told story. So it it would work uh, 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 anywhere. I think. Mm-hmm. So. Now, one thing I want to touch on before we move on. Mm. Uh, we both, I think I'm the one that mentioned this to you a while back. I think before this podcast began, I watched a show called The Haunting of Hill House. Yes. And then I think I got you into that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I saw, I, I binged it. Yes, I think I remember. I forgot what was going on, but I was in Discord at a voice channel. And we're like, where's Marty? Is Marty coming today? And uh, Beardso was like, no, he's, he's binge watching the show right now. <laughs> the one that you got him into. And recently... We got the trailer for The Haunting of Bly Manor. Mm-hmm. And I believe I saw on a Discord this morning that you watched it, right? No, I actually haven't seen the trailer. I didn't realize that there was a trailer. I just I just remember jumping in and commenting on it because other people were commenting. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I completely missed that there was a trailer. I, I, I have to go watch the trailer now. Yeah, is it's it so good. Is it good? <laughs> Um, it gets me hyped. I'm I'm excited okay. for it. Okay. Uh, the Haunting of Bly Manor is going to be the uh, the quote unquote season two of the Haunting of Hill House because the Haunting of Hill House is kind of a standalone season. And I'm wondering if there may be some connections to the original season, maybe mm-hmm. in like entity or uh, some kind of spiritual connection there, or if we might see some connection to the other house. But I think for the most part, if you haven't seen The Haunting of Hill House, one, you need to. And mm. two, um, you could probably watch The Haunting of Bly Manor without seeing The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, I think it is supposed to be like two individual stories and, and mm-hmm. two different. I don't know if they're connected because they could potentially be. I did notice that some of the actors are the same because I checked it out on IMDb. Some of there is a few actors that are, are the same. Um, but but it, it seems like it is mainly a new cast. I actually thought because I've read the interview and, and stuff with, with the creators, and they said that the season two would be like sort sort of like American Horror movie, uh, uh, Story, where it's like an anthology and it will be different 
story mm-hmm. for a lot of the same actors. It doesn't seem like that this one that, that it's the same actress or anything, but there is a few a few of them that that are also in this one. Yeah. So definitely look into that if uh if you like horror shows and it's it's one of the best ones out there. It one definitely is, and, and I think I, I don't know if we actually ever managed to talk about it or if we hadn't made the, the show yet. But I, I do remember thinking that it, it did have like those that classic uh, '80s horror feel to it, sort of, uh, where you, you you can't help but think a little bit Stephen King, maybe a little bit Steven Spielberg, even though he doesn't really make horror. But it kind of mm-hmm. like have that '80s little bit of feel to it without being the 80s it is obviously in, in today and, and updated and everything but yeah. it's really cool it's really cool definitely um on to the games i started oh, yeah. so <laughs> yeah that's kind of what we do here the main <laughs> thing um but with me going back to work i haven't been able to play with the group of people that i'd normally used to play with which was all of the other podcasters and friends in the dragon power studio group which is the group that we are a part of mm-hmm. and since it's mainly filled with a bunch of europeans everyone's playing during the day for me so we used to play a lot of among us we played among us before it was cool before it was the hotness <laughs> um, we played it and i've been having the itch to play the game but i didn't have a group to play with yeah so i've actually reached out quite a few times and i've played with like two or three different groups of people mm-hmm. that I knew only maybe one or two people in each group. And one of them, I didn't even know anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, our good friend Frasley recommended the group to me. They were like, hey, there's this group playing Among Us. And if you wanted to play, they have a group going right now. And I was playing with them one day and I played with them yesterday again. And it's been so much fun just playing Among Us and seeing the different ways that people play. Mm-hmm. Um one of the groups they're just always talking even during the shush moments like they're it it's maybe not how the game is intended but it adds a little different thing because like you'll just hear people don't follow me don't follow me why are you following me but we don't say names while we're talking it's Mm. just kind of like little things here and there and nobody's really saying who the killer is no or anything like that so it's just little things where if you play it took me a little bit to get used to it i'll be honest because i am one of those it said shh so you shush like that's what we do we play the <laughs> no, game the but... rules are here's the rule yeah. <laughs> but i was them. a guest i was a guest and i wanted to be respectful and if that's the way they want to play then that's the way they want to play and it's up mm. to me to decide if i want to play or not no. um and you and were out I've of there, having... you decided, nope, they're not following the rules. <laughs> no, I decided to give it a shot. Not only that, but they were beginners, mm. and the group size was smaller. Oh, so you were winning a lot, and that's why you stuck, stuck around. When I Well, actually, the first time, I was never the killer. Uh. Uh, but last night, I was the killer, and the cooldown was way too short for me, because I just killed everybody within like two minutes (laughs) Uh, but it was a good time so if you haven't gotten a chance to play among us i definitely suggest that if you have a group of friends that is playing you ask to join them or if you know a streamer that invites like their chat like maybe they're a smaller streamer and they have a smaller group of people to play with definitely jump in and just know that you don't need 10 people to play with although it is a bit different because I played with like, I played with like five people. <laughs> yeah, personally, I think it's more fun with more people, but it's. Definitely I think so play- too. It's definitely playable with less, definitely. 
yeah, I think it's more fun with more people. But I definitely suggest that you get out there, um, look at who you know, see if they're playing, see if they know people that are playing, and don't be afraid to jump into a group of people. And if you don't like the way that they do things, just simply be like, hey, thanks for letting me join, um, but this is probably not the place for me, and I'm going to go look elsewhere. Yeah, I, I can. I, I'll just want to second that. If you haven't played or tried Among Us, do yourself a favor. Try it out. It's it's really good fun. It is really good fun. Yeah. Um. A little quick tip because they made this change. Like when we first started playing, this change wasn't in the game. But when you're joining a game, you can choose a server to play on. Now you can do it hmm. North America. You can do it European server or Asian server. And last night the American servers were complete garbage. You weren't able to get into any games. The server was completely full. Mm. You couldn't even create one. It said, go find games because we can't create it. But we went over to Europe and it was perfectly fine. Mm. So definitely do that. And just know that if you do a public game, it sucks. It's a horrible experience. We had a group of five and we had two public people come in. And it's like either they get killed and they immediately leave the game. Or they just like spam chat with dumb stuff. Somebody called an emergency meeting and didn't say anything. So we voted them out, and they weren't the imposter. So it's just like, why waste time? Well, so fair enough. Yeah, I have played Far Cry Five. I think we talked about it last time as well, didn't we? Um, um, yeah, you had like recently just started it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't finished it yet, but I am mm-hmm. in the last section, I guess, um, because as I said last time, there's like the three areas, main areas that you need to, mm-hmm. to level through, and uh, um, well, not level, but but just quest through. And uh, I'm in the last zone now, and I'm very close at, at unlocking uh, that uh, uh, boss. And then I guess after that, it, it's like the end boss of end bosses. So I actually do think that I might just about, just about make it before the good goodness of World of Warcraft releases a, a new patch. That's kind of the big thing for us now, huh? It's just kind of like, <laughs> we need to finish all of our side game stuff before the pre-patch for World of Warcraft comes out. It's, and at exactly. the very least, before uh, the main expansion exactly, comes out. Exactly. And I have been playing some World of Warcraft as well. I've, um, I have been playing uh, just some... Actually, I've jumped in on alt because mm-hmm. it feels so pointless to play my alt, uh, my mains at the moment because when the pre-patch hits very, very soon, possibly, um, uh, possibly this coming week, maybe the week after, mm-hmm. who knows? Um, but very, very soon... Um, Gearing is is pointless, and uh, the 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 corruption system is pointless. Your cloak is pointless. Your mm-hmm. neck is pointless. There's so many things that you know just won't work the way that they do now anymore. And it would be it would be fairly easy to get geared up to at least normal rating quality items and stuff like that. So it just feels pointless to to play those characters at the moment because yeah. very very soon there will be it will be like a loot piñata and there will be uh, stuff everywhere. Um but I have been because I have been uh, I've moved my main character to a new server because I will be some people I will be raiding with at least for the first tier see how it goes. Um and they over there don't have alts and stuff like that, so I'm like, all right, let's make let's make uh, some of these allied races that I have. I have unlocked all the allied races, but I haven't leveled them to mm-hmm. get you know the the, uh, the, the the what's it called the transmark costume, whatever. Um, so I, th- I thought, hey, let's just do that. So I've actually been doing that, and and uh, on one of my characters, I'm just doing dungeons because I really really love 
the old vanilla dungeons. I basically made a spreadsheet with all the dungeons. And so when I'm like, all right, I've been here. I've done all the quests in that dungeon. Pick next, move on. So I'm basically just moving my, my way through all the dungeons and, and just to, because they, they basically give one to two, maybe even three levels, but mm-hmm. depending on how low level you are at that point. So it's a really good way to level up. So that's that's what I've been doing. Um, I've been holding off on the alts. I think I'm going to wait till pre-patch uh, once the change comes in for leveling. Mm. And then I'm going to level some alts because I do want to have... Um, I have my priest, which is going to be my main, um, at good, least starting good pick, off. Sir. Good pick. Yes, as healer. Uh, I'm going to go that route and see how I enjoy it for like a fool. Because I did it for this last tier, mm. but I was still late to the game in terms of healing and i don't know what it's like to progress no as a healer well kind of because the guild had only killed nazoth once and then they stopped for a while and they were just doing a few of the bosses and then i joined and everyone was starting to do alt so it was almost like relearning everything like you knew mechanics but people had to relearn how to deal with those mechanics yeah and wednesday we actually got the last bit of the guildies that have not really played with us for a while uh, we got them ahead of the curve, and after that, we pretty much we put it up on the shelf now. Nizoth uh, mm. is down for the last time for this expansion. Uh, we took a break, and we're on break from Raid Nights until Castle Nathria, which is the first raid in World of Warcraft for this next expansion for the Shadowlands. And I'm excited to, one, take a step back from the raid for a little bit, because it is uh, quite a... If you've ever raided, then you know that it can be a bit uh, involved. Mm-hmm. So it's like every Wednesday night I was playing and I'm like, okay, be prepared to be tired the next day. So did that. And I think this last kill, it was sloppy. There was like one person was mind controlled. I think there were two of us left. And I think I killed Nizad. <laughs> I used chastise and the boss went down. Like right when I saw the like the animation go off, Nizoth went down, and we were just like, "Good enough, we're out, <laughs> done." <laughs> Those done. are the best kills. Those are the best kills. So much. Well, <laughs> it was like it was the race at three percent where you just hear the other guildies like, "Come on, just do it, just do it. Let us be done. Let <laughs> us be done." So excited for Shadowlands and can't wait. Um, now the next game that I've been playing, I've actually been playing with Tom. Now, Tom, I had brought up to him a little bit before lockdown had, or before I went back to work, I was like, hey, do you want to play some Grim Dawn with me? Grim Dawn is an ARPG, like Diablo style. Hmm. And he was like, uh, not really. You know, I'm kind of playing Path of Exile. If you want to play Path of Exile, we could play that together. And I was like, you know what? Okay, let's go ahead and do it. Hmm. So he sent me a link to a build guide, and we've been playing together. He had a level 30 something character, and we played for a bit, and I got leveled up with him. And now we're together going through the acts of Path of Exile. And it's been pretty good fun. Uh, it's been decent. The bosses are challenging in that game. Like, we, ha- I don't know why I had more, much more trouble than he did staying alive. And I think it's just simply the class style. Um, I might have to look into possibly doing something else. Like, it's not really the class I'd normally do. I'm playing a witch that summons things. So... Like, if you don't have things to summon your pets, then you're kind of screwed. So, that's the situation. But Path of Exile is a lot of fun, and it's somewhere in the middle of Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. 
Hmm. Like it has a Diablo look and a slightly Diablo 3-ish feeling, but slightly slower. And sometimes it doesn't feel as tight, but it still feels fun. So Path of Exile, go ahead and check it out. Cool. All right. I have I checked th- it out. I have checked it out. Oh, yes. No, I, know. I, have. <laughs> uh, I haven't gotten that far into it, but I have checked it out. It, 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 you are you're correcting everything that you said. Yeah, we finished up. We finished up Act Three. Lying. You haven't been lying. <laughs> the last, the last time we played, we finished up Act Three. Um, so now we're at the point where none of us have seen what's going on ahead of us. So it's definitely going to be slower going moving mm. forward. Yeah. Cool. All right, but let's move on to our main topic of the day. Growing up, I always had one idea in my head about video games, and that was that one day people would not tell you don't play video games you're not going to get anywhere in life by sitting in front of that screen playing video games but rather people would respect video games as an art form as something much more and it would be on the level of like the cinema or literature Mm. and that not only would people appreciate it as an entertainment medium but people would respect it enough to study it and appreciate it as an art form so when thinking about a topic, I wanted to talk about video game characters that had an impact on us. And it could be emotional. It can be just uh, everything that kind of built up to that moment. Uh, maybe it was just something spectacular that a character and the environment around it, because it's not just like, sometimes it can be just a character. Maybe their dialogue is just something beyond anything. AKA, I don't have it here, but Mark Hamill as the Joker is probably one of the most amazing video game characters I've ever come across in Arkham Mm. games. Um, But I wanted to go into just seeing what video game characters had an impact on us and why. And I think we'll start, we'll start with you this time, Marty. Okay. I mean, I have to admit that in the beginning I had, had a bit of difficult. I, I was sitting there thinking what and, and what and, and where and how and who and things <laughs> like that. But uh, I did find some. I did find some. Um, and for very, all of them, is like very different reasons. Um, but let's start out with the obvious uh, World of Warcraft. Oh, um, we even never talked about that game <laughs> no, before. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I remember um, reading... I mean, I, I got into World of Warcraft... Um, and then I realized that there were also books and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I started reading the books as well for, for the World of Warcraft universe. And there is uh, one of the first ones that I read is about uh, Ronan the mage who has to go back in time to restore the timeline of there's some, some shenanigans going on together with the dragon uh, crashes. Um, and I just remember that that whole storyline is so it was so it's such a good read, such a fun read, and um, it, it's it kind of like you know tells you know the the past, the story of the past uh, of World of Warcraft. Um, so it made really good sense. And, and then in some of the other books, we also get introduced to a character called Medivh, um, and I th- and then in the when we got to the second, ex- uh, the first expansion of World of Warcraft, uh, there was a, a, a raid in, Car- uh, in in a place called Karazhan. And I remember that I had just, you know, weeks before finished the book about Medivh, where, you know, he lives in Karazhan or used to live in Karazhan. So all of a sudden, 
Oh, what that, was that my stomach? That was my stomach. <laughs> was I stomach? was hoping it didn't pick up. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I, I remember walking the halls of Karasan and be like, holy... This is like amazing. <laughs> this is just because it's sort of like how I imagined, and then it, it, yet it isn't uh, because you know obviously there's some talented art people who, who made this, and I'm just walking around and be like, oh, this is where this character Medivh grew up, uh, not grew up, but you know did his things and stuff like that. And then later on in Wrath of the Lich King, we ran into both Crassus and Ronan, and. I, I, I think, you know, the closest feeling that I could get to it is sort of like a little, uh, sort of like a fanboyism that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I actually ran into these characters inside the game and, and these people that I've been reading about and these people that I, I actually, you know, sort of, I, I, I liked these characters and I sort of, you know, wanted to, if, if I lived in a world like this, then I would love to be those type of characters, you know, people who, you know, take action and can do awesome magics and stuff like that. <laughs> I think, like, that's part of what makes World of Warcraft great and not so great at the same time is that there's so much supplemental material for World of Warcraft and the Warcraft universe as a whole. And sometimes the games don't do a good enough job of giving that character uh, depth and development. But if you follow in line and, like you mentioned, the books and you read the books, then by the time you get to this point, it just creates a much better narrative altogether. And you see like mm. a wider picture of everything. Um, when it comes to World of Warcraft, I think uh, of Garrosh, Garrosh Hellscream, where he was introduced in... Uh, I believe it was Wrath of the Lich King. And then he kind of evolved into a villainous character. And then they came out with the book War Crimes, which is probably one of my favorite World of Warcraft books. Mm. And you got to see how that book led into the expansion. And I thought that was super cool. Like just bridging that gap there. It was really interesting. And that's kind of the gift and the curse of World of Warcraft is that Mm. if you read those books, you're so much more invested. Yeah, but if you don't read the books, it's kind of like okay. Yeah, I, I do feel though feel that over the uh, over time over over the years they have become a little bit better at it. So uh, uh, especially in Legion, I remember that there, there was a lot of details that people mm-hmm. only knew from the books, and and a lot of those small details were all of a sudden you know put into the game. Everyone was became aware of it or oh, this thing happened and this is happening and things like that so I do feel like that they have become better at, at being like alright sure you haven't read the book but here is like you know obviously not the full book story but you you, you know you, you get the the, the the important bits mm-hmm. in there and, and I think it's the same because right now we just uh, had four uh, digital short animated uh, movies coming out mm-hmm. because of you know for Shadowlands and what they usually what they have been doing I don't know obviously if they will do it with Shadowlands as well but I reckon they will that because they've done it you know the past two expansions that they will actually include these cinematics where they fit into the game uh, somewhere so if you're, if you're not following anything outside of the game Blizzard are trying to do a better job and include it in the game so, so, yeah. so people who only play the game also uh, get that information and and again, it's just I, I, I just find it so fascinating because this is a world that I love, and I love so many of the characters. I mean, I, I mentioned three, but I could probably keep keep going. With it. I mean, Jaina is, is is a character I, I, everyone really really loves, me included. Thrall, uh, uh, 
every, every all the other characters there's so many great characters in there um, um but i just i think uh, crosses and Ronin was just the first one that sprung to mind because that was one of the first you know encounters actually uh, one of the first books that i just read and i just just characters that i loved and all of a sudden i was playing alongside them and it just it just i don't know it, it's just something special that's that's difficult to 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 place and and say what kind of feeling it is but but yeah awesome that's my pick all right all right i'm gonna go back in time a bit as well and i'm gonna go back to a game on the playstation 2 i've talked about this game quite a bit and in this series this is still to date my favorite game Mm. um i can actually go back and play it and i still really enjoy the game and that's um kingdom hearts 2 now kingdom hearts 2 opened up in a really different way than its predecessor the original kingdom hearts um well before you were playing the main character of sora who was this bubbly character and always with the cheesy smiles and things like that he's very upbeat kingdom hearts 2 opened up and it had you controlling a character called roxas and if you didn't play the random card game that was released on the game boy advance during the break period between Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2, then you had no idea what was going on. You're like, what in the world is happening here? And you were confused. And Roxas was kind of going through this period of trying to understand the world around him as well because things were happening between him and his friends and he couldn't quite explain what was going on. And we are starting to learn more about what is happening to the world as Roxas is starting to learn a little bit about the world as well. And he almost embodied like me as I was thinking about these things. But also, he felt like he didn't belong. It seemed like everyone around him was telling him what he should have been doing. Who he should have been talking to. Where his place was. But he didn't feel like he knew any of this at all. And me playing this as a teenager really resonated with me because as a teenager i felt like i didn't know what the heck was going on everybody's telling you as a teenager like you need to be in school you need to be doing this you need to be doing that and there's so many different voices you telling need, you, you need these to things. eat your broccoli michael yes that too and um, <laughs> all of that stuff was going on in my life and all of that was going on to roxas and there's like one moment specifically where roxas like just screams and he's just like he screams like what is going on and it's almost like an internal echo chamber within my head as i'm playing this character and dealing with it there and dealing with it in my personal life and eventually roxas ends up being put behind because in order for roxas or in order for the world to be a better place he needs to go away and become a part of the there's a bit here that I don't want to get into story-wise because it is a bit confusing and it's a bit spoilery, but Roxas is kind of a connection piece to the wider world. Mm. And in order for the wider world to be pieced back together, he needs to be pieced back together as well. And this culminates towards the end of the game where once you have control of Sora, you're facing this, this enemy who has two keyblades. He's kind of badass. He has a hood over so you don't see it, but it's a given that that's Roxas that you're battling. Hmm. And the music that plays during this during this fight is it's Roxas's theme and it's extremely emotional. 
like the music swells as he uses certain abilities and it's not like boss music in the sense of like it's like urging you to attack more and more it's more of like an emotional gut punch every time you get to a certain point in the battle and it's not an easy battle if you're playing on the hardest difficulties like he's actually pretty challenging and it's just like once it clicks that you know that that's roxas and if you liked roxas as a character you just it just hits you like a ton of bricks it hits you that you're fighting this character right now and it it hurts I put something on Twitter that said whenever people talk about the hardest boss fights, they never talk about that fight because that fight's not necessarily hard in the sense of gameplay wise, but emotionally, that's a hard fight if you're really invested in that story. Mm. And Roxas as a character is just my favorite Kingdom Hearts character of all time. Okay. It reminds yeah. me of that one time where we had to kill Deathwing in World of Warcraft. It was very emotional. Oh, yeah. Didn't want to. <laughs> Uh, that's why you didn't, right? That's why Thoral did it. Because yeah. you couldn't bring yourself to do it. It wasn't bring, that yeah. he wanted to steal the glory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he did a barrel roll. No, actually, actually, Death Knight was fine. Uh, Death Knight, uh, Deathwing was fine. It was Maligos. Putting down Maligos out of his misery. That was like, that was a tough one. Anyway, uh, I want, it, I, uh, I don't know, you, you're done, right? I, I just moved on here. Um, um, yeah, I just want to say that the most emotional dragon loss was you, Sarah. It was, it was, definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, my one a character that I didn't really think that I would be getting emotionally invested in when I played this game was a, a teenage girl called Max in the game Life is Strange. Um, because, you know, what would a, uh, uh, at that point, probably 30, beginning of this 30-something guy have in common with <laughs> a, you know, teenager uh, and, and you know, even like a female teenager? Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know, there's just something very, very unique and special about this game, at least for me. It's the whole... First of all, the soundtrack is so amazing. Um, whoever picked that soundtrack, uh, he, he needs a raise. Um, the, the soundtrack is so good. I still ha- I have a playlist that I still sometimes listen to uh, with songs from, from or inspired by... Um, uh, that inspired the game and so first of all that whole side of things is, is amazing and then you know it, it's max is like a, a teenager goes to i don't know what you can i don't know your school system high school maybe college i don't know um where she's studying uh photography um and she is sort of like i wouldn't say a loner per se but she's definitely you know a, a little bit of an outsider and and she's having you know some trouble with some of the other girls uh, does you know the all the you know uh, the the rich again not maybe a little bit rich kid uh, uh, ish uh, a girl who, who thinks she's better than everyone else and uh, bless you uh, thank you <laughs> uh, and other uh, characters and 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 then there's there's also there is also the loner uh, that that you have you interact a, a fair bit with and things like that so and and it's just the whole again i won't really like you i don't really want to spoil what well especially with this game because it is so story driven that you know it, it's it's easy to 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 spoil key parts but there were moments and i actually i had my dutch friend Jesse. uh he was watching me playing it at, at some point and and this game at some point had two full-grown men sitting there with uh, uh you know 
like someone was cutting onions in the kitchen and just be like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? So I don't know. It, it was like an emo- uh, sort of like an emotional ride and you have to make some, some hard decision- decisions uh, in this game. And it also has time travel and, and who doesn't love a little bit of time travel? And no, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's such an underrated game, I think. I don't think it it got as big of a success as it deserves. It, it was a good game. People did lo- enjoy it and love it and it did get a like a both a prequel and a, and a sequel I think um, but no it's just it's, it's a really good game e- even for a 30 something year old man <laughs> I, I still need to check it out because I've heard a lot about it and mm. I know you've brought it up to me several times and I think Tom brought it up as well and I've never played it and I think Selena played it and she really liked it too so mm. I'm gonna have to check that one out at some point point. and it's also a game like because it is sort of like a uh, not exactly that, but similar to you know the old point and click adventures. It's it's sort of sometimes had have the same feel sometimes, but it also has like the telltale feel to it. But sometimes you need to take yeah. them, uh, um, um, what you call like um, decisions here and now. Uh, but it's definitely a game that also uh, awards you if you pay attention to all the details okay, and cool. um, like me like clicking on everything, reading everything, and stuff like that. Cool. Alright, uh, the next character that I have here is from a game that is actually a bit... Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the game that got people upset, but rather what they thought the game was going to be based off of stuff that the developers had said. Mm. Uh, Bioshock Infinite. I played it's, that. I love that game. As one of the few... I, I haven't really played any Bioshock games except this one because I think it was... Uh, on PlayStation Plus or something, maybe mm-hmm. in the PS3 days. So I got it and played it, and I was like blown away by it. I love the game Bioshock Infinite, and the original Bioshock is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, the impact that it had, just the feel of the atmosphere and everything about it, was just excellent. And Bioshock Infinite to me brought that to the next level. I really enjoyed it. And the main character, Booker DeWitt, is. He's, I'm not as emotionally connected to Booker DeWitt as I am like a character like Roxas, but Booker DeWitt as a character actually sees growth throughout the entirety of the game. And that is something that not a lot of games like do very well. Hmm. And this one does it in small, subtle moments that you don't really realize until the end. So you're playing through the game and you start off and you're just this guy who seems to be He's like a private investigator and he's gone to find this girl. Eventually you find the girl and your mission is to simply bring her back. But the events that transpired through the game and your connection with the girl, aka Elizabeth, you start to get to know her and you start to develop some sort of feelings toward her. Now, I'm not saying uh, like relationship type feelings, but there's an emotional connection of some sort there. And you're just trying to figure out why. Like he's trying to figure out why, like why is this bigger thing going on? What is going on in this world? And as you, the player are starting to piece together things. So is Booker. Mm. He's starting to piece together little bits, little bits, little bits. And the biggest thing, like you said, it blew your mind. Once you get to that mind blowing point, well, where they drop the the bombshell. The thing is that I have never finished it. Oh, Okay, well, I wasn't going to spoil it. Oh, good. good. Um, But there's a couple, there's a few different mind-blowing moments. And when you get to certain points of it, his mind is blown just as much as yours. And 
there are certain things where he has to come to grips with certain parts of his life and decisions that he now has to make. Mm. And it's amazing that he's feeling that because as a player, you're trying to process all this as well. But the narrative isn't stopping to let you process it. Just like he's not stopping to be able to process it. Mm. You have to make these decisions as you play. And I think that's great. Um, There are certain games where you would definitely stop and let it play out and just kind of like slow it down so that everybody can process slowly and then you finish it off. But this one just kind of goes, 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 goes. And then it's like decision has to be made now. Yeah. And I really like the way that they did it. And I still think that Booger DeWitt is one of my favorite characters. And overall, I know people tend to like Elizabeth more. Like my fiance loves Elizabeth as a character. Mm. Uh, she even has like, I think she got like a necklace or something or that has the, the bird in the mm. cage. Yeah. And she really likes that stuff. So I definitely suggest you play the game if you like it. And Booger DeWitt is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, it's definitely a game that is on my most definitely I want to revisit it and finish it because I, I just I really, really enjoyed it. But I think that at the time that I played it was right around the time when the PS4 also came out. So it's one of those games uh, where uh, yeah, I just never I never finished because I never got back into playing my PlayStation 3. So you get on PC. Yep. I actually do yeah. think I think I have the complete remastered you, uh, of all three games. Uh, probably it's gone on sale like eighteen yeah. million times. <laughs> I, I, I I definitely do have them. I have that that this idea that I want to play through all three at, uh, of them at some point. Um, but yeah, it definitely infinite. I really really want to want to finish. Anyway, uh, my last one is uh, again a girl character. This one is a. Uh, Oh, is she a Viking? No, she's not a Viking. She's the probably uh, pagan. Uh, her name is Cinemia. Um She's in a, a game, a, a small... Uh, uh, it's, it is an indie game, but it has like triple A qualities. And I think the developer mm-hmm. calls it triple I. Triple independent. <laughs> um, okay. It's called Hellblade Senria's Sacrifice. And... There's just something, the whole atmosphere of this game is so cool. You need to, if you're ever going to play this, you need to do it with headphones. Do not play it with speakers. You, headphones is key, key in this. Because the whole <laughs> atmosphere, the whole sound design, and the whole, like the whole game is designed around psychosis. I don't know if you have psychosis, Michael. I don't. I don't know much about it. Neither did the. De- I don't think that I do, but <laughs> neither did the developers. But they actually dived into it and they wanted to tackle this, and they actually got like professional healthcare people in to talk about it. They got people who actually have psychosis in to talk about it uh, and what it actually uh, it involves, and. Then they, you know, iterated on the game from all the feedback that they get, and and the, and that's like a huge. If you want to really dive into it, I did this. Uh, that's a huge documentary that they actually did on their YouTube channel. The the company is called Ninja Theory. Um, they uh, uh, they did a whole documentary about it, and they invited you know the people back to play the game, and the people were like blown away and be like, "This is exactly how I've." You know, I can relate to this. This is how I feel, mm-hmm. and people realized. So, uh, people with psychosis were so you know happy about it as well because it actually did show the struggles that you know 
people with psychosis goes through. And one of the things, and this is where the headphone part is really important, is that uh, when you have psychosis, you might hear voices, uh, sounds, and stuff like that. So what they did was that they they bought like a, a special microphone that is like inside uh to like it, it's basically the microphone looks like two ears basically mm-hmm. so so what an actor could do when you needed to do the voice lines is they could walk around the microphone uh and in that way and because of the the ear shape and stuff it would it it actually sounds like you know the voice is coming from behind you if the actor was standing behind the microphone and stuff like that okay so that's how they capture that whole you know it's if you're hearing voices then that's how it would be it would be it would not just be like inside of your head like when you're thinking it was actually be like it sounds like someone is behind you mm-hmm. or been, uh, next to you and stuff like that so that they, they went through all these things to get all this right on top of that, they have like an amazing actress to play the lead character that, you know, and uh, managed to get so much, you know, emotion and, and just personality into this character that, you know, you cannot, you cannot help, but just, you know, you want her, you want the character to succeed. Um, mm. And I think especially the last fight, I won't spoil anything about the star and stuff like that, but the last fight is really, really amazing. And it just, you can, if you wanted to, just keep going and going and going and going and keep going if you wanted to. At the same mm-hmm. time, you hear a lot of voices that just say, come on, stop it, give up, lay down your arms, give up, stuff like that. And in the end, you you, you will either make mistakes so you know you can't keep going or maybe you'll just you know decide to put down your weapons because that's what you know you need to do at that point. And it just, mm-hmm. it just made... She basically gives up at that point. There's more stuff happening afterwards, so I won't spoil it. But uh, it's just—it was just such an impactful um, moment, and it, and the character was just so alive. And and then you know, and then the the whole added thing that you know that they tried to do so much for people uh, to get the stories uh, about people with psychosis into you know the the limelight, and people can actually see how it is. Everything about this game is just so amazing, and and I just you know, I, I was blown away by it, and that was one of the very first games that I thought about when you brought forth this topic because it's just mind blowing and it's so good. And even though I don't have psychosis, uh, I do know people who who have mental uh, uh, you know uh, illnesses and stuff like that. So this game was just you know, even though that you know I know these people, it was still an eye opener for me. Cool. Um, I've never played Hellblade, but that kind of intrigues me, so I might take a look at it. I, th- I think um, you might like it because it does. It's not a horror game, but it does have you know those a little bit really spooky moments and stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Um, when I first thought about this topic, aside from Roxas, there was another character that I thought of immediately, and I have to go to a dystopian world that is overrun by zombies because i'm going to talk a little bit about clementine from telltale's the walking dead uh mainly the first iteration of it because that's the one that i played Mm. i didn't play the other ones after it um on the ps3 i gave this game a chance i didn't know what to expect and i gave this game a chance and i was blown away by the emotional connection that i was able to have with 
this character. Now, Clementine is a little girl in a zombie-ridden world because this is set in The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead are taking over. Uh, and we're starting to see the fall of civilization and the things that people do when civilization starts to fall. And one of the horrible things is how does a child grow up in that type of situation like what do they experience and she sees like crazy things happening around her and she eventually comes across uh, this guy who initially wants nothing to do with her but you can't really leave her behind like you can't just leave a child in that situation and their connection and their chemistry throughout the entirety of the game grows and grows and grows and you start feeling for this little girl because you're actually playing as the main guy like you're not playing as her in the original one she's more of like a uh, follower so you're seeing their interactions and you're going along with them and you start getting connected even more and more and more as it goes on decisions are made in which she responds to you as a character and starts to have certain dialogue with you based on the choices that you've made and the things that you do in the world. And you get to talk to her about them. Like why did you do certain things? She'll talk to you about it. And there are certain moments where she'll be like. I know why you did what you did. And things like that. And starts to see a little bit of maturity. Come through her from the beginning. Where she was just this little girl. Who was trapped in the situation. To this girl who was starting to grow before your eyes. And the culmination of the game. Has a very gut wrenching scene. Um, and the emotion that she expresses during that scene and the way that she has to leave that scene is just so freaking powerful. It's very emotional from the start of that scene all the way till the end. And I still felt it afterward. I don't know why. I think it's just too much time in between when that ended and the next one began that I had probably played a little bit too many Telltale games at that point that I wasn't ready for just another one. Mm. Uh, but if you never played the Telltale's Walking Dead, play it. I think it's it's rough around the edges a little bit in terms of gameplay stuff because it was one of their earlier ones in their style. But I think that it's a great journey and playing through it, seeing Clementine grow and being attached to that character, you won't be disappointed. Mm. I have played the very first... It's like five chapters or something, right? I think, in the first season. Yeah, yeah. I've played the... I remember playing the first one because I think it was free for on iPad or something. And it was right in the beginning when iPad was fairly new as well. Mm. So I remember that I had gotten my first iPad and, um, and actually got it on there. Um, so maybe... I don't know if I still have that. Maybe I should jump in and, and, and finish off... Um, where I left off. It it would be a nice little, you know, I have my iPad, I'm just sitting in bed <laughs> game, I, I suppose. Yeah, the other character's name is Lee, by the way. I had to look it up, I forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> but you play as Lee. Mm. Um, Alright, so I think that, that brings us to the end, yeah. if I'm correct. And it's good because I'm starting to get all emotional. We've talked a lot about like <laughs> the emotional impact of characters. And like Marty mentioned with World of Warcraft, it applies for gaming as a whole. Like there are plenty of characters within the world of gaming that have emotional responses for a bunch of different people for different reasons. 
and different games in general have emotional responses for different people. And we would love to hear if you have any responses to your favorite video game characters or even your favorite video games that perhaps made an emotional impact on you. And when you go back today, you still think of that in terms of a more than this was not just a game. It was something bigger than that for me personally. And you can do that by emailing the show at two nerds, maybe more at gmail.com. You can find us over on Twitter at two nerds, maybe more with just a number two in the front, or you can check out the website two nerds, maybe more.com where you can find this episode and all of our previous ones as well. And without further ado, I think that brings us to the end. It is the end of the world, Michael. Um, no, it's just the end of the show. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. So thank you to everybody for joining us for episode 31. And we will catch you all in episode 32. So we'll see you later, everybody. Bye. Bye. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.